are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles video production number two. Today, you got me and you got David Weiss. We hope you're having a wonderful day and we appreciate you making Locked On Seminoles your first listen every day. Dave, before we dive into what we're going to talk about, how you doing, man? The victory has gotten to mellow in a bit, if you will, and we are 48 hours separated from it as we film this on Monday night. Do you feel better about the win? Do you feel a little worse about the win? How do you feel in general about life? What's going on with you? Well, you know, just so everybody behind the scenes knows, we refused to do video until we won a game. That is exactly how this worked out. Great timing, won a game. Now you get to see our beautiful faces. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we've had video. Yeah, I say like we just got it, but we have had video for a while. We just, it felt weird to like debut. Oh, we're doing video now right after yet another loss. So today we're going to talk about the game. We're going to look at the stats. Yesterday's episode we kind of had what we called the post-game meal, right? We went over the appetizer, kind of set the stage of high-level takeaways. We gave you the, the meat and potatoes, which was the good, the bad, the ugly. And then we gave you some dessert, which were all the things going around wrong for other teams in college football that made us happy. So today, we're going to get a little more numbery. We're going to look into some stats, and then we're going to kind of look at where is this team after five games relative to where we thought they would be? And from what we've seen on the field, where should we be thinking they'll end up? What should our expectations be? And uh, yeah, we're not going to do a full like schedule preview, but we are going to look ahead a little bit because Dave, I don't know if you've looked at it. The schedule gets brutal from here on out. I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess we could just dive right into a little bit of the expectation setting. But before I do that, folks, Locked on Seminoles is still free across all platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Pods, and now on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on any other platform, well, also subscribe. So we pop to the top of your queue five days a week, Monday through Friday, and even some special Saturday episodes. David, I want to start, I guess I kind of did a, a, what do you guys call that in baseball? A little bulk there. I talked about, you know, I was going to talk about the season, but let's get into the stats of Syracuse first. Sure. Let's do it. So this is basically just the box score here. Dave, I want to talk about what on the stat sheet surprises you from a team stats. We had 22 first downs against their 18. Uh, This, just to spoil it, is probably what I would call my highlight. We We only allowed two of 12 on first down, on third downs, and we held them 0 and 3 on fourth down. Uh, yeah. That's something you love to see. But yeah, they they out they outgained us in passing 150 to 131. Our percentage was a bit better there. But rushing is where we shined, right? 247 yards, 6.7 yeah. yards per rush. David, I believe you have another stat for us about rushing yards per attempt. Yeah, so here's what's crazy about the team this year. Um, we are one of, literally, the worst teams in college football in run blocking. As in, there are three teams worse than we are. And yet, that's a we are pro football focus. Pro football focus. And yet, 
We're top 30 in the country, total rush yards. We're 17th in the country in yards per carry, 5.4. And Jayshon Corbin, number four nationally with 8.13 yards a carry. Didn't change again. Did it against Syracuse too. Not that they're Alabama or Georgia on defense or anything, but he hasn't slowed down. Yeah, I hope I don't get hate for this in the comments or feel free to. I'm not saying he's Dalvin Cook, but I think all of us listening to this and talking on it are guilty of not truly appreciating how good Dalvin really was. And I think that Jay Sean Corbin is probably going to be the same way for most folks. You look at this offensive line he's running behind. There's no reason he should be averaging seven yards a carry. I mean, that is eight. Eight yards a carry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah Treshawn's averaging set. Sorry. Our other back is averaging seven yards a carry. If he was running behind the 2013 line, he'd be averaging 15 yards a carry. I mean, the <laughs> right. fact that he's doing what he's doing against the teams he's doing it against behind the line he's doing it against. That's just insanity. Two turnovers. Hate to see that. But what I really wanted to highlight folks is this number right here, because uh, Dave, you and I talked about this, about a different subject when we, before we started filming, but I think people myself included we latch on to a narrative and it's so much easier to get something in your head than to let it go i was in yep. the i was getting a drink during the game and we got one of our three penalties and sure enough i hear like five people including the guy in the line behind me oh god this is just the most undisciplined team i've ever seen and I, this time i said something because i wasn't going to argue i just kind of you know how you do at a football game i was like hey man yeah we got three penal four penalties last week that's only our second one today because we have seven penalties combined in two games. So as much as we wanted to complain about this team being undisciplined after two games, I have to give credit to the staff on that one because they've turned this into a highly disciplined football team. Yeah, we are now 32nd in the country in penalty yards per game. And I don't remember the last time we weren't outside the top 100. seems like we've been in that cellar for oof, years now. And, and not to say that can be a good thing. Like it depends on what the penalty is. They haven't just been those good, aggressive penalties that you get for battling downfield, you know? It's been right. sloppy pre-snap stuff that just kills you and kills drives. Well, so that's a, that's, a, that's a great point that you brought up. There's the winning field goal right there, folks. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because we've talked about you want to see a certain number of penalties and you want to see effort penalties. And I think people might take that as, oh, is that just a talking point? The holding on Cam McDonald is exactly what I'm talking about. That is an effort penalty, right? Yeah. We had a chance to bust a 80-yard screen. The, you know, the DB's doing one of these numbers like a freaking shark coming into the boat. And he just, you know, he grabbed a little too much jersey. Yeah. I'm fine. If we get three penalties a game, I'm fine with that penalty. I'd rather have him do that. And maybe he gets away with it and we get a 60, 70, 80-yard run than not do that. And we get tackled out of bounds after four yards. That's what we mean, though, folks, when we say effort penalties. That's why you don't want to be the least penalized team in the country. Yeah, Max, I'm not going to let you get away with saying this without pointing out that that was statistically the second worst receiving game Florida State has had since Pro Football Focus began, began recording those stats. It, it was, was that bad. The worst one we've had? What was the first? E Jacksonville ever. State? Louisville last year. That was the second worst ever. Ever. Yep. All right. Well, so folks, this is how we like to do it. By the way. I give you the basic stats. He comes in with the advanced stuff. If you're not familiar with pro football focus, they basically just grade every single player on every single play. You, yeah. I mean, it's used by the NFL at this point. So 
If they say that's our worst receiving game, I trust it. That's the stat breakdown. Now I want to move into how we've looked as a unit this season and then talk about kind of what that does for our expectations moving forward. But before I do that, let me tell you all about prize picks. If you were here yesterday, you already know. If you missed out on prize picks this weekend, I'm sorry. It's a lot of fun. It's basically daily fantasy, but with props. It's over-unders. It's pretty much exclusively over-unders. But what you do is you draft your team of three to five players. You pay an entry fee. And if your team all hit whatever you select for them, they're over or they're under. Uh, For instance, if you pick Jay Sean Corbin, his over-under might be over 68 rushing yards. You select over. He gets 72 rushing yards. That hits. If all of your team goes that way, you make money back on your entry. It's just you versus you. I mean, it's not like regular daily fantasy where you go into this, you know, pool of 6,000 people where most of them have computer algorithms using machine learning to draft their teams for them. It's a lot of fun. So check out Prize Picks. It's in the App Store. You can also go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code locked on. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And then when you're done with that, Go do something productive. You have a little more money. Something's been rattling around the car that maybe you've needed to fix. Well, go buy your part from rockauto.com. Hop on YouTube, learn how to fix it, and go do it yourself. I got to be honest, man. Dave, have you ever fixed something on your car? Have you ever got I have. You, 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 I was going to say, you drive luxury cars, so maybe you have. You have. There's nothing I more have. rewarding. I mean, I, Feels great. my old Jeep, I replaced the alternator, and that was at the time, the most intense car repair I'd done. And like, when you really fix something in your car, it just, you feel good about yourself. You know, you, you have, you you make some lemonade, some country time lemonade, because I don't know, I guess that's what men used to drink, you know, after a long day in the yard and you throw on some jeans to do it, even though it's hot outside, you go buy a white t-shirt because who owns those anymore? You tuck it into your jeans and you work on your car. It's a great feeling. Everyone should experience it, but get the part from rockauto.com and let them know Locked On sent you. All right, Dave, so let's talk about the season thus far. You are our stats guy. We talked about yeah. how Jay Sean Corbin and Sean Ward are two of the nation, not this conferences, not the states, the nation's leaders in yards per carry. Uh, both of them are an absolute godsend this year. Treshawn was a walk-on. That Folks, if you don't yeah. know who Treshawn Ward is, by the way, if you opened up this year and you're like, hey, who's this Treshawn Ward guy getting these carries? He was literally a walk-on football player who had to earn a scholarship. So that's why you haven't heard of him. That's incredible to see. Jay Sean Corbin, again, tears his hamstring as a freshman at Texas A&M, transfers into us, kind of got back to where he was last year, and then this year he's just running like an entirely different animal, but primarily the same beast. Dave, let's get, let's get weird, though. Let's get granular. What, yeah. area, what statistical areas are surprising you right now? What trends have you been seeing that people should kind of be aware of as they watch the rest of the season? Sure. A lot of surprises to me. Uh, The one thing that's not surprising to start with, Florida State, 99th overall in the country, just as an overall team per pro football focus. That feels to me about right. I mean, again, as a one in four football team, that makes sense. But there's just been so many areas that have needed to be cleaned up that's led to the record. It's not like it's surprising that we're one in four. What is surprising to me is when you break it down a little further, and we talked about this before we jumped on here, our best category this year is tackling. This defense hasn't felt great. 
somehow, some way, we rank 39th overall on PFF in total defense. And our best stat is number seven in tackling, number 16 in run defense. That's not surprising to me. And I guess it's just really hard with all the lapses we've seen this year for me to think that we're elite in any category other than maybe run blocking and that run blocking is not our best trade on defense. Well, and that's the thing, man. I think that that's why you have to be careful with stats. I know we've gotten some feedback. Folks really love stats. We've gotten some feedback that folks don't like stats, you know, but I always put it this way. Datum are like letters, right? They only mean what you write with them. Uh, you, You can take individual datum, take 15 different data points if you want. And, you know, it, it is just the story that you tell. I think there are a lot of people in this in this business, and I don't mean the Florida State business, I mean the college football football business, that like to, you know, grab certain stats that may fit a certain narrative. And you can kind of tell any story, right? I think the tackling is a great example of that because the story is our defense is bad. Everyone knows our defense is bad. They're not playing that great. So naturally, you said, hey, man, I can't believe we're this good in tackling. Well, I think about that, and I don't know if I've seen very many missed tackles this year. We had two on Saturday, and those were surprising. Typically, we've been a sure tackling team, and that shows, hey, you can have a couple data points that say, hey, you're you're great at this, this, and this. But in the aggregate, maybe you're not all that good of a team. So you have to be careful with data. Getting back more to the point, though, I think our run defense is probably the most surprising thing. Because if you go back to our show pre- or season previews or go to anyone's season previews, we knew this wasn't going to be a good receiving core. We said yeah. we liked Burrell. We said we liked McLean. They're young. They're talented. But they're, they're true freshmen, right? They can only do so much. We, so that doesn't surprise me at all. But again, that run defense. I mean, last year we had this vaunted defensive line who everyone talked about how good they were going to be. And they were just <coughs> awful. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't wish having to watch three hours of game film of our defensive line last year on my worst enemy. Right. Because, well, probably because my worst enemies are all Florida and Miami fans. So I guess they would enjoy it, but you get my point. Then this year we have these guys who, you know, we wanted to get excited, right? Kier Thomas, he's, he was good in the SEC, but he left South Carolina, and they suck. Jermaine Johnson, okay, he went to Georgia. Their defense is great, but, I mean, he couldn't even be a starter. How good could he really be? We'd heard rumblings. I told y'all I heard from a, a buddy who's close with the family that Fabian Lovett had, you know, had this new mindset that he's come into training camp and just is a different guy. But how often at Coop we heard, oh, maybe – Coop was one of those, maybe he'll take a step forward. I think we kind of got oh, name syndrome with him, but, but it was all name syndrome based. We just said his name a bunch and there was no evidence, but then all of a sudden everything, everything was right. <laughs> Keir Thomas is an animal that probably left South Carolina for non-playing reasons. Jermaine Johnson probably couldn't start at Georgia, but he's the nation's leader in sacks right now. And that Georgia D line is just so damn good. Who could start there? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robert Cooper has taken a massive leap forward, and Fabian Lovett, I do not believe that guy was on the roster last year. The way he's played this year, it's like where you can't convince me he played football for us last year. I don't I wouldn't believe it because that's a different dude out there 
playing football than the guy that lined up last year. And and that's probably been the biggest shock for me. But what's been the biggest yeah. like shock? Well, let me ba- let me back that yeah. up for you a little bit. So if if it surprises you to know that our defense is 39th overall rated, just understand the reason why that is has everything to do with what you just said, the front four. Specifically, our our of our six highest graded players on defense, five are on the defensive line. Five, meaning yeah. even a non-starter on the defensive line is amongst the best defenders on this team. The front four has been what's prevented this defense from being a complete dumpster fire. And like you said, we're we're good at getting to the quarterback. We're good at getting after the quarterback. We're good at, you know, playing the run. And that's not something we necessarily expected before the year. It was a huge question mark. And that is completely dissolved after a few games. Yeah, no, it's it's been fantastic. Now, I, I don't even want to look ahead to next year because I want to enjoy it while we have it. But yeah, I do want to talk about expectations for the year because I think you made the point that after after Notre Dame, we all thought, wow, could this be an eight win team yeah. after Jacksonville State? We all thought, is this going to be a one win team? Like, are they yeah. going to get one at all? And I think we need to talk about how our expectations are recalibrated and how they probably should be recalibrated. And, you know, where does that, where's the Delta in there, right? Like what's the overreaction based on one week? What should we actually be thinking? But before we do that, folks, going to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar builds greatness. It's delicious. It's nutritious. It is, I should have brought one over here. Sorry. I'll put one in arm's reach. I forget we're on video now. Guys, they're basically candy bars that have protein in them. They taste amazing. They only have five grams of sugar. They've got 17 to 19 grams of protein. I go with the peanut butter brownie. It's actually at that 19 level because uh, you can't tell it now. But, you know, I used to be a little bigger up here, a little little smaller down here in the midsection. Uh, And, you know, I still like to think that protein matters for what, you know, my three days a week that I hit the gym for like 25 minutes a pop. But they're amazing. They're great. Go get some built bars. You can even get their variety pack if you want to try them out. But I will recommend the peanut butter brownie. Go to builtbar.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't tried that yep. one yet. Oh, I yeah. I should them from you in Tallahassee. Yep. Um, so maybe get that one if you're feeling crazy. I don't know. But either way, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 when you order from builtbar.com. All right, David. So let's talk about the expectations, where we're at with those for the year. First, I want to say, where should the expectations for this team be if we're not overreacting? Because I think if you talk to most people after Jacksonville State, the expectation was one win. Then we get a win and everyone's like, okay, maybe we'll win six games this year. The truth is obviously somewhere in the middle. Where do you have this team finishing right now if you had to go through and do it? If I had to go through and do it, I think we wouldn't. Look, you say I'm a pessimist, and I like to say I'm not, but damn it, you're going to turn me into it. I don't think we win more than one more game. I, 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 it's probably UMass and, and maybe Boston College. God, please, Miami or oh, Florida. We don't beat Boston, we don't beat Boston I, College. I, no way. I don't think so either, man. Like, Here's the fun part. We have just played the easiest part of our schedule, the only easy part of our schedule. The next part of our schedule is so much harder than what we've yep. done to this point. And the problem for me was that Syracuse game felt like a real Pyrrhic victory. Like we won 
in the sense that this win column says we won, but that didn't feel like we got a whole lot better in that game than we had been the rest of the season before that. We are now going to play Sam Howell. Then we get the revenge game against UMass, but then we rip off Clemson, ranked NC State, Miami, Boston College at Florida. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it, man. Um, you know, we have that stretch that we called. I mean, before the season, we called it Murderer's Row. And we said yeah. the only way to get to a bowl game is to get through the stretch. We just played a five games, three and two or better. And we did it. We got there at one and four. So I agree with you. I think the ship has probably sailed for a bowl game. Yeah. I think. I know. I don't it's know hard. if this is just the. I don't know if this is just the fan in me, but I think that the Miami game is imminently winnable. I so is Clemson based on this last good. week. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think between Clemson, Miami, and Florida, you have to steal one of those. And yeah, when I say expectations, I, I mean I expect this team to do that. I think they need to do what they did to UNC last year. And between those three teams, if you if last year's team can beat number five UNC, this year's team can beat one of those teams. Clemson hasn't looked good against anyone they've played. They well, except I guess Georgia. Somehow they they held Georgia to no <laughs> points, and I don't I don't know. But they they just don't. I mean, they barely beat Georgia Tech. The only reason they beat Boston College is because Boston Trump College likes. had a self and well, right, yeah, a self inflicted wound at the end there, and they just don't look like they're any good at football. I mean, look, is it cool and cute to see a video of DJ Uyunglele throwing balls on the field till one in the morning? Did you see that video, by the way? Yeah, you didn't throw him well during the game. Okay? It was pathetic. It was it was such. Uh, Try hard. Sorry. Yeah. It, it's just so what I hate about sports media, right, is we look for this, these feel good stories. And when there is a feel good story, it's great. But sometimes there just isn't anything to feel good about. No, I'm sucks. not going to feel That's good. It. But like, I, I'm not going to feel good about some kid who was rated a five-star coming out of high school, right. who we basically said was the second coming of Jesus Christ as he went to Clemson. And it was like, oh, well, let's see how good he's going to be. He's mediocre against Notre Dame last year. And we still, like, not we, the the media un- has still anointed this kid. Like, oh, uh, Dr. Pepper is going to give him this huge deal. Delta is going to give him a million dollars. And he just sucks. He's not a good quarterback. He can throw the ball really hard he should go be a baseball pitcher because he's not any good at the position of quarterback for how highly touted he was so don't come at that, me well max could you do any better no i could that's a good point point. and here's the thing i don't think we're any good at quarterback but guess what we play one team on the rest of our schedule that whose quarterback i'm actually afraid of and it's who we're playing this week once you get past that everybody on the schedule is a quality team probably miami's technically yeah. worse than us in pff but there's no quarterbacks that scare me. So we should be able to steal some games. I'm just not putting my place in that that myself in that place where I get myself all amped up, Agreed. And get let down. I've already been hurt, Max. No, no, I agree. And you know, look, I went through and I looked at the advanced box scores and I took the expected win totals from or the the post win, the post game win expectancy percentage from every game did and I'm not going to be one of those people folks that tries to sound smarter than I am. I'll tell you how to do this math at home. If you take, you know, your team's win ex- post-game win expectancy, right? And you do it as a decimal. So if it's 57%, 0.57, you add all of them together, whatever number you get, since, you know, each thing is binary, it's either one is a win or zero is a loss. And you're trying to see how many ones you should get. Add all the percentages of how 
likely you were to win that game after the game, given the statistics that occurred on the field. Add those together. You have theoretically, which should be the expected wins of your team. Ours is 2.2 right now. So that means, you know, yeah, we should have stopped that Hail Mary. And between Wake and um, Louisville and uh, Notre Dame, we had about a one in five chance of winning one of those three games. I think based on what I saw on the field, that's that's all pretty accurate. What's frustrating, Dave, is that my expectations for this team are they're going to keep playing hard. And that's what I want to see. And I know that sounds terrible. And people, you know, when you guys leave us your five star reviews, you can even yell at me about it. And I will read it on Five Star Friday. But I just want to see them not quit during this murderer's row stretch because, like, it's easy not to quit against teams that you possibly could beat. It's going to be really tough if Boston College gets up 35 to 7. And we're trying to see is this team just not going to give up? And that's. that's something that remains to be seen, but I don't expect them to. I genuinely expect this team to keep playing hard. And if they do, I think we should expect probably three wins. It's a long-winded way of saying, I think we beat UMass, and I think we find a way to steal one more. Yeah, I mean, look, if we don't beat UMass, oh boy. Uh, I'm going to be talking exclusively FSU basketball on here, which, by the way, is coming up pretty soon anyways. Get excited. Uh that's not a losable game. I can't go to that place, Max. I can't talk about that. Um, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want to. Look, what we're talking about is expectations. I, I fully expect a two to three win team. And if we can keep this class together, I don't think that that's the end of the world. It's not going to be fun to watch. It's not going to be exciting. But we see a team that finally cares about playing football. And while they're not great at doing it, that to me is better than watching the O or what the 17 team that should have been great at football, just not give a crap and go out there and get their head kicked in every time. Thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Max. Make sure that you like, you share, you subscribe, and just maybe even tell a friend about us. Word of mouth. You know, there's no button for that. I guess your text messages, but you're free to do that too. If you're on YouTube, I hope you're enjoying watching our faces. Comment below whatever you want. We'll actually, if we get some comments, we'll read them the next day. If you love it, five-star review on Apple Pods. Leave us some comments there. We'll read it on Five Star Friday. And thank you again for making us your first listen every day. I'm Max. That was Dave. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Don't know.